Hello and welcome to The Silver King's War. I'm Michael Sievers, the writer, producer, and creator of this podcast series about my father's Second World War as a B-26 bombardier. Today we continue in the epilogue of Dearest Ones, the letters that the Silver King wrote to his family throughout his war. It's January of 1943, and Stanley has arrived at the testing center in Nashville, Tennessee, and is doing well as he tests out for possible a pilot school assignment. That, of course, is our hero's dream job. He wants to fly for the Air Corps. And he gets very good news as he finishes his testing when he learns he's been posted for pre-flight school in Montgomery, Alabama. By the end of January, in what became a quick three weeks, Stanley learned that he and about 800 men would be moved to Montgomery for about nine weeks of preparation for pilot school. And, of course, in his writing, His Dearest One's Home, he was explaining to his family what was going on and what he hoped to learn and was extremely excited to share the news of being assigned to Maxwell Field in Montgomery. Maxwell Field in Montgomery, the mantra was, prepare for flight. And over the first month of the King's pre-flight training, he worked very hard. He and his fellow cadets had to go through the early grind of being underclassmen and learning what it meant to be in that low-life position. And that would change, of course, as he rose to become an upperclassman. And his class, 43I, received its real acknowledgement from the preceding class, 43H, in its graduation class book. To the Silver King and his fellow cadets, they wrote, Be proud, mister. Class 43I, these lines are written in appreciation of the 50% you have contributed to the success of the upper class. You are half of our game, and as future classes of cadets arrive at pre-flight, their lot will be the same as yours. We have taken it on the chin with our eyes straight ahead, just as you have done. Because of it, we are better men. We know it's a tough life for five weeks, but the Air Corps needs tough pilots, and this is one way of making certain that you have the stuff to go ahead without batting an eyelash. We of 43H have been given the opportunity of finding out for ourselves just what kind of men will be on our team when we play for keeps, and we are convinced that no fighting outfit on earth can whip us. We have given you straight backs and high chins along with some military knowledge that was passed on to us. 
but of greater importance because we have grown together. We have developed an everlasting spirit of the will to fight side by side as brothers in the same sky. No matter what our mission may be, we know unquestionably each man will accomplish his individual task. As a matter of pride, we have lived up to many of the same customs you have been required to follow. We know how to hit a brace, sign shoes, and buck brass. We have continued to do some of these seemingly unimportant things because we wanted to be certain that you would carry the rock in the same tradition. We had to live up to what we preached, and by showing you the way, we became better men. Now you are left with the proud responsibility of making men, fighting, flying men. Build these men strong, misters, because someday, down, we'll go together to score the rainbow's pot of gold. Air Cadet, High M. Renninger. Our mister, the Silver King, wrote extensively throughout his Maxwell Field days, in Dearest Ones that explained all the hard work and the gigs and the assignments that meant he was on his way to be an upperclassman and then pilot school. His class, 43I, was tough and did the work, and they were told it wouldn't be easy. To begin, the cadets were instructed Yes, the instructors wear gold and silver bars, and the students are clad in khaki. But pre-flight school we go through in nine weeks at Maxwell Field is a more compact and comprehensive course of study than most high school and college curricula. It is a new type of academics, scientifically prepared to teach the basic problems of flight in nine weeks. If the studies were continued at the same rate over a period of two years, the work would approximate that of a four-year college course. The Silver King and his fellow cadets began with code. They learned maps and charts. They studied aircraft recognition and ground forces. They learned military customs and courtesies, physics, air forces, naval forces, and chemical warfare. They were tested in the altitude chamber, the gas chamber, and on the firing range. And as the king and his men moved to become upperclassmen, they received a final salute from Class 43H. To Class 43I, we hope you'll remember us too. We hope you'll thank us the way we thanked many times the class of 43G for having done something good for us, because our upperclassmen and yours tried to show us how to help carry on the traditions of Maxwell Field, to make it a live part of our training, and to live permanently in our memories. We want you to remember us not as that bunch of mean superiors who racked you back and made you stand at attention for hours, but as a class of friends who wanted to help out. Maybe our way of helping you was the right way, and maybe it wasn't. But facts and figures show that Maxwell's method, the Air Corps method, 
is the right way to teach young men to be the right kind of officers. As the Silver King and his fellow cadets continued their work as upperclassmen to complete pre-flight training and move on to pilot school, much was happening in the greater world around them as America continued its role in World War II. Before mid-February of 1943, United States Marines defeated the Japanese at the Battle of Guadalcanal, and General Dwight David Eisenhower was selected to command Allied forces in Europe. Allied forces were having continued success in North Africa when they captured Tripoli in January of 43 and went on to capture Tunis in May of that year. In June, the Allies invaded Sicily, and that marked the initial assault on the Axis-controlled Europe. And as our hero, the Silver King, completes his pre-flight work at Maxwell Field in Montgomery, Alabama, in preparation for departure to pilot school in Lakeland, Florida, we have reached the end of part four of the epilogue of Dearest Ones, the letters that Stanley wrote to his family throughout the war. And you are listening to The Silver King's War.